The Shep Naz Podcast begins now. You're listening to The Shep Naz Podcast. Here at Shepherd Church, everything we do here is to connect our community in a meaningful relationship with Christ. I'm Joe. I'm your guest host today. Today, we are honored to have Pastor Rob in the ever-changing podcast studio. (laughs) I don't know if honor is the right word. (laughs) So we will jump back into the Ephesians series uh, after Easter. What has been your take on this series? Well, I I have loved this uh, series on Ephesians. Um, And what's really interesting to me is that it has been like... The Bible is just amazing, but in the book of Ephesians, it's just there's this it's so rich and so deep, and there's so much that's interconnected. And Paul says something here, and then he says it later, and he make, like he's like going back to that other thing, and it's just so connected and everything, and everything he says is intentional, and it's just like I'm sure he didn't just sit down and write it. Like I feel like there was some thought and, and intentionality behind it, but it's so so great. It's interesting. Um, once a month, the pastors here in Gahanna we get together for lunch. And uh, we were we met yesterday, and uh, we were just kind of going around the table saying what's going on with our church, how Easter mm-hmm. was, and all that. And one of the guys says, what, what's everybody preaching on? And I said, I was doing this series on Ephesians. And another guy said, I'm doing a series on Ephesians too. And I said, did yours, did yours go like ours? Because I intended for it to be a certain amount of weeks, and then I got into it, and I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be done when I thought it was going to be done because <laughs> there's just so much. And he said, yes. So it's exactly the same thing. Like we're on week nine, and I thought the whole series would be like seven, maybe eight at so the most. What, it, what you're saying is that you're not the only pastor that will stretch out a series on a feast. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, like I've read the book before, but I've never really preached through it like this. And just, you know, you think, well, I'll just, you know, maybe do one chapter a week or split it up or whatever. But like, I think we spent three or four weeks in just the first chapter because there's so much in there and it's just so, so deep and rich. And like, you can't necessarily preach about every single thing that's said. So you skip around a little bit, but like, I haven't really skipped anything yet because it's just like, I don't want to skip that. That's good. That, that, that has application to us. And so, yeah, it's just really, really interesting how, I don't know, his experience was kind of the same as mine as well. Um, You were uh, talking a little bit before uh, we started recording about there's a, a division in the book. Uh, so when, when you're going through the book of Ephesians, kind of a two section, can you talk to us yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah. So the, the first, there's two divisions. The first half goes chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three up until about verse 13. Um, and then there's like a, like a hinging point, like it's clearly changing. And the first part is all about um, knowledge and like Paul is wanting to make sure that we understand correct theology, we understand what God's doing and what he's saying and the plan that he's revealing. And then in chapter 3, verse 14, which is what we talked about this past Sunday, um, it is the, um, it's now it's moving from enlightenment or education or knowledge to enablement. Like it's now let's stop talking about what we know. Now let's put it into practice and do it. Um, And so he has this prayer and this prayer um, is really about putting everything that we know into practice. And so Paul's, um, his kind of his MO is let's make sure we believe right. And once we believe right, then everything else is going to fall into place. So he spends his first, uh, you know, two and a half chapters of making sure we get the, the right theology and everything. And now he's like, okay, now let's put it into practice and let's talk about 
how this makes a difference in our world. So there's then two prayers, just as there's kind of two major divisions in the book, there's also two prayers. In the first section of the book, you've got a prayer where he's in chapter at the end of chapter one, he's praying for us to have knowledge, to yeah. have us enlightenment and wisdom, and yeah. that everything would be revealed to us, that we would know the truth. So then, yep. uh, what what are we covering then in the second half in the in the other prayer? Yeah. So on Sunday we we'll kind of walk we walk through that second prayer, um, and really in that second prayer, Paul prays for four things. He moves from this enlightenment to knowing and believing the right things. So now it's time to put it on to practice. So what he's doing is praying that we will start doing or experiencing God's power, not just know about God's power, but we could experience God's power. And the, and he prays four things. And the first thing he prays that we would be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit. Um, and so what he says is actually, uh, he says, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven on earth derives his name. Then he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being. And it's really interesting that he talks about that God would strengthen us uh, out of his glorious riches. Um, In other words, it's like, I want God to strengthen you, and he has all of the reserves needed to give you the strength that you need to do what it is, whatever it is that God's calling you to do. Um, And so obviously the strength and power comes from the Holy Spirit, but it's out of those reserves that he has, which are his glorious riches. And one of the things as I was studying, it was interesting to talk, as one commentator talked about the difference between giving from your riches and giving according to your riches. And Paul's like that he would strengthen you according to his riches. And the difference is one is a portion, the other is in proportion. And mm-hmm. that's really different, right? So if, I, if I'm a millionaire and I give, you $5, I'm giving you a portion of my stuff. But if I'm a millionaire and I want to give you in proportion to what I have, I'm going to give you more. Um, and and so Paul's not praying that God will just give us a little bit. He's praying in proportion to what God has in his storehouse or in his reserves that we would, we would receive that amount of strength. And of course, you know, Paul talked about in the first couple of chapters, God has, owns everything. He has everything, Right. Um, so there's no there's no problem with God having the reserves to give you the strength that you need to make it through whatever it is that you're going through. He can supply every bit of strength that we would ever need. So kind of to put it in perspective, you know, when our kids are little and they're trying to give us a gift for a birthday or Christmas, you know, for them to spend even a couple of dollars, that was, that was a lot for yeah. them. Um, but if then... If I were to turn around and only spend the same amount or one or two dollars for their birthday gift or their Christmas gift, yeah, it would be a really disappointing Christmas for them. Yeah, because I'm not giving in proportion to what I can do. Yeah. So when God is giving in proportion, and Paul's praying that God would give in proportion to what He's capable of, mm-hmm. that's a lot bigger piece for it's sure. A, yeah, it's a big deal. A lot different. Yeah, for sure. So I think the application to that first prayer is that whatever you're going through, God has the resources to get you all the way through it. So Paul's like, I pray that God will strengthen you with his Holy Spirit in your inner being. And he says that he would do it out of his glorious riches. And so whatever you're going through, whatever 
trial, whatever difficulty, whatever challenge you're experiencing, the good news is that God has the ability to be able to strengthen you, and there's no shortage of supply for him. He, he can supply for you, and you can make it through. Um, so the first thing that he prays for is for God to give in proportion to what he's capable of giving. Um, what's the second thing that he's praying for? Yeah, so the second part is in um, verse 17, and he says, I pray that you would be rooted and established in love. Um, so it's rooted and established in love. And I think it's really interesting the kind of illustrations that Paul uses. Like he was very aware of the culture of his day because it was obviously an agrarian culture. I mean, they grew their food, you know, a lot of the times uh, or most of the time. It wasn't like they had gigantic. I'm sure they could buy groceries and stuff like that, but they grew a lot of that. So when he says the word rooted there, it was just it was a it was a illustration that they they really knew about. Right. They knew mm-hmm. that, you, you know, a plant had to be rooted um, the can't produce fruit without roots, um, and all, all of that. So he knew that, you know, without roots, the plant's going to blow over. So he, he was using that. And then the other thing he says, not only rooted, but he says established. So he uses an agricultural term with the word rooted, and then he uses an architectural term with the word established. And, and of course, the people that Paul is writing to in Ephesus uh, lived where the Temple of Artemis was, so they saw this gigantic structure, which at that time was one of the seven wonders of the world. So they knew that this gigantic structure could only stand because it was built on a foundation. Um, and then a lot of the Jewish people also would have experienced going to the Temple of God and and seeing the same thing. So so Paul is using these examples of of what how we should live as individual Christians and using the examples of what. Uh, that are common in the day, like the the agricultural example and right. the architectural example. But I think what's interesting in both of these things is that you can't see the roots in a plant, typically. I mean, mm-hmm. usually you cannot see the roots because it's under the ground, but it's very, very important. And you usually don't see the foundation of a building because it's underground and goes deep. You know, And the deeper the foundation, the higher you can build. I just think it's interesting that Paul's talking about these two things that we don't typically see or put any emphasis on in our culture, but Paul's like, these are really important. If you're going to grow and you're going to be the person God wants you to be, you have to have deep roots in his love and understand who he's made you to be, and you also have to you know, build on, on a solid foundation. Of course, Jesus told the story about that, you know, building on the rock and not building on the sand and all that kind of stuff. But it was interesting to me, I don't know, just kind of Nobody really said it, just kind of like, oh, you really don't see roots. You really don't see um, a foundation. But without both of those, you you don't have a plant and you don't have a building. You know, as as you were saying that, what I was thinking about is, um, you know, so the, some of the tallest trees, of course, have the longest root system. So, like, yeah. you you don't see the roots. You don't see the foundation. Yeah. But you do see the evidence of it later. Oh, you know, so yeah. if if you see that really tall tree, you know that there's roots that are going all yeah, just as far as it is tall, it is wide. Yeah, well, and you also see, you know, we've had lots of wind around here lately, and you see trees that are blown over, and you can see like the root system in that tree that blew over was not very good. It didn't go deep; it was very surfacey, and so mm-hmm. when the really strong winds came, it just blew it right over. 
And so again, just the importance of making those roots go down. And the interesting thing about roots is that it holds the plant up, but it's also where the nourishment comes from. And the deeper the roots, the more the nourishment that you have uh, to the plant and the stronger that it is. So it was interesting. That's great. Um, well, there's two more requests in Paul's prayer. Uh, we're going to skip to the last one, but let's take a quick little break. And then as soon as we come back, we're going to take at the last thing that Paul prays for in this prayer. Join Shepherd Church for Revival Services, April 23rd through 26th with Jeremiah Bullock. You can only see who you are. The riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints and His incomparably great power for us who believe. And then He demonstrated in how He raised Jesus from the dead. And we're not talking about just raising Jesus. from. We're talking about a, a, a Jesus who took on the sin of the world and literally became Everything that made us undesirable and unlovable and rebellious. Like on the cross, Jesus became the worst of humanity. When God forgives you, he literally takes what was you, puts it on Jesus, and it got punished on the cross. Jesus got everything you deserved. And the beauty of redemption is that the murderer, he's no longer a murderer. For more information, visit shepnez.org slash revival 2023. Well, we're back, and we've been talking about the prayer that Paul is uh, speaking in Ephesians chapter 3, and we're jumping down to the end of the prayer, the last thing that that he's praying for. Tell us about that, Rob. Yeah, so there's actually two more. I really just want to focus on the one. The one thing he talks about is is when he talks about, you know, uh, that our roots would be established in love, and then he says, let's understand that love. He says, I want you to be able to grasp how high and wide and long and deep is the love of Christ, and then to know this love. But then he, this is what I want to focus on. Then he says that you may be filled um, to the measure of all the fullness of God. And I remember when I was reading through this Ephesians, knowing I was going to be preaching about it, when I came to that passage of scripture, I'm like, that's an incredibly tall order. Like, I can't believe that Paul would, would think that. That And what he's basically saying is that that he's praying that we would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, like we would be filled with all of God. Like, what would it be like if we literally were filled to the fullest measure of God? And I think there are two things that that are that stick out to me about that. Number one, um, first, we know this is impossible. Like, there's no mm-hmm. way that all of God could fit in in us. Um, it just it just isn't possible. In fact, when Solomon was building the temple. Um, he prayed a prayer to dedicate the temple. And during his prayer in Second Chronicles 6.18, he says, Does God really live on earth with people? If heaven itself, the highest heaven, cannot hold you, then how can this temple that I have built? Right? So Solomon's like, I built this grand temple, uh, and I know that it, the, the, the intent is that you would dwell here, God. But like, I also know that the heavens don't even hold you. So what makes me think that you're going to dwell here in this temple? Well, God did dwell in the temple, you know, but maybe maybe it wasn't the same way God would dwell in us. And so so for Paul to pray that all of God would dwell in us is like it's just we just know that's impossible because the Bible also says that God real God, you know, he can't the, the heavens can can't even contain him. But the second thing that I think is interesting about that is that I think Paul Paul really means it when he prays that. Mm-hmm. Like I think he really means that I want all of God to be in you. Um, and here's what makes me think that the Greek phrase that you may be filled is a is a word. It's really translated as a phrase. It's pleureo, 
Um, and it means to be filled to the full. Like, like Paul's like not saying like, I want you to just have a little bit of God or just some of God. He's like, I want you to be filled to the full. And then there are synonyms for this, and it's to be crammed, engorged, or abound, in, or to be complete. And so literally he's saying, I want all of God to be in you. I want to, we want to, I want, I'm, my prayer is that all of God would be crammed in you, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and this phrase speaks of, of total dominance. And so when you think of a person who is like filled with rage, uh, you know that they're dominated by hatred or a person who is filled with happiness is dominated by joy. Uh, but to be totally filled with God means to be totally dominated by God with nothing left of self or self or any part of the old person. And so like what Paul is saying is that to be that, that his prayer is that we would be filled with all of God. And in order to be filled with all of God, we have to be emptied of all of ourself, um, which if there's any part of our self left in us, it's taking up space that God could could fill. And so the idea here that I think Paul is talking about is when in order for us to be filled with the full measure of God, we have to be willing to surrender everything to God and give it to him so that he can take the place uh, in our life where where we are, right? Um, it's not that I, I want to have... Um, uh, it's not to have much of God and little of myself. It's to have all of God and none of myself. And then when that happens in our life, we're really in a position for God to use us and make a difference in this world. We're, we're not making room for God. We're giving Him the room. Uh, you know, right. And when when you were kind of painting the picture of somebody that's filled with rage, the thought that was going through my mind is that when we see somebody that's filled with rage, once they're completely filled with it, what happens is it starts to spill out. Yeah. And and it starts to go yeah. and, you know, they act out in different ways. And yeah. so maybe, uh, I, I guess, kind of as you were painting that word picture, what I was seeing in my mind was even like a glass pitcher where where God is being poured into us and just there's so much of him, there's no way we can contain it. Yeah. But that as, as we're being filled with that, it just starts spilling over the top, but he just keeps pouring more in and yeah. more in and just keeps spilling out over the top. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It was, it was interesting that, I mean, obviously we're, we're not like gods. Uh, we're not gods, but we can have all of God in us. And, and obviously we can't have, I shouldn't say we have all of God, but we have the essence of God in us, right? And there was a, a story that I read when I was studying this week that I came across about a, a guy who took his family to the coast of California for a vacation, and uh, they were visiting the beach. The family had not been to the beach before. And the daughter, when she saw the ocean, was just enthralled with the ocean. Like, she was just, you know, it was so fascinating to her. And she spent all of her time there on the edge of the water and everything, uh, and and while the father didn't know it, but she, before they left the, the beach, took she had found a jar and a lid, and she filled the jar with water from the ocean, and then she put it in her bag. So they drive back to the hotel or the place where they're staying and everything, and later that night, she takes that jar of water out and puts it on her headboard or whatever, and then the dad comes in to tuck her in at night, and as he's tucking her in and getting ready to pray for her, he sees this jar of water on her headboard, and he asks her, he asked her about it. He says, well, you know, where did this come from or what is this? And she says, well, Daddy, I, I wanted to bring the ocean back with me, not all of it, just, a, just as much as I could hold in the jar. And, and, 
it's interesting because in the little jar that the girl had, the essence of the real Pacific Ocean was in the jar. I mean, mm-hmm. it was the Pacific Ocean in the jar. It wasn't all of it, obviously, but the ocean was in the jar. And I think that's how it is with us and God, right? We, we couldn't fit all of God in us, in, in our lives. Um, the Bible says even the heavens can't contain him, but we can have his essence or his nature or his qualities and priorities and, and to a degree, some of his nature in us. Um, and I think that's what Paul was praying about, that, that not, not necessarily would be, we'd be filled with all of God, but that we would have the essence of God in our lives. Um, and I think that's a pretty cool prayer that, that Paul would pray. And the great thing about this is that these are not prayers that Paul just prayed for the Ephesian church. It's in the Bible because it's something God wanted us to have as well. And so the idea is that this is the same prayer that we should be praying for ourselves as well, that we would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, that the Holy Spirit would be uh, would would strengthen us out of his glorious riches or according to his riches, and that we would be able to be rooted and established in love and then grasp out high and wide and long and deep is the love of God. And if we do that, then we're in a position to be agents of change in this world. Like we're not going to be blown around by, you know, our feelings, our emotions. If I know that God loves me, no matter what, it's not a feeling, but I know that, then I can be used by God to make a difference in this world. And and it's not dependent upon how I feel because I'm com- committed and convinced. I know how long and wide and high and deep is the love of God. Uh, and just puts us in a place to be used by God. And so, I don't know, just read that, just a few verses, man. It's just like, yeah. oh my gosh, there's so much in there. Um, and that's just so, it's what's so fascinating to me about this book. And, and I, you know, I mean, I know God inspired Paul to write these things, but man, they're, they're deep. It's a lot <laughs> they of stuff, are, they a lot are. of stuff. Uh, well, we're, we're coming to an end here. I'm just wondering if I could ask you to, um, Lead us in that prayer. Yeah, that let's let's go ahead and pray this prayer that um, Paul is where we're asking for his essence, for God's essence to be in us. Yeah, fill us really quick before we do yes. that. The first part of that verse says, "For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven derives its name." Interestingly, that the the normal prayer posture when Paul wrote this was that Christians would stand in prayer with their hands out. And if they were to kneel, it would it would signify a sense of urgency, and so it's it's significant that Paul says I'm kneeling before the Father because he's saying I'm urgently, urgently praying this for you. I want this for you. I want you to have that. And how cool would it be for us as believers in 2023 to have that? So yeah, let's pray about that. Great, sure. great. Lord, thanks so much for your word, and thank you so much for the power of your word, the depth and the and the richness of your word. And God, I pray the same prayer that Paul has prayed for the Ephesian believers, for the people listening to this podcast and in our church. And I pray, God, that out of your glorious riches in accordance with everything that you have and everything that you own, that you would strengthen us, God, with power through your spirit in our inner beings, in our in our mind, in our will, and in our emotions. And all of this would be so that Christ could dwell in our hearts through faith, that we would literally have the Son of God living in our hearts and, and and using us, God, as ambassadors for the kingdom of God. And I pray, God, that you that you would help us to be rooted and established in love, that we would not be blown around, that we would have our roots growing down deep in you, and we would find nourishment from the word of God, and that we would be able to 
to build our lives on a solid foundation of your word. And, and when the rains come and the winds blow, uh, we would our house would stand, God, because we're built on that solid foundation. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the power with all the other Christians who have ever lived to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and not just to know this mentally and have a mental assent to it, but that we would know it by experience, uh, this love that is so hard to even explain because it surpasses our knowledge. And then, God, would you fill us with the essence of your of your nature? Would you fill us with all the full measure of the fullness of God and help us, God, to experience your blessings in our life and help us to become the people that you want us to be and use us to make a difference in this world? And then, God, as Paul wraps that up, he says, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And may it be your power that is at work within us, God, molding us, shaping us, moving us, helping us to be the people you want us to be, and helping us to be your hands and feet in this world as we, as you use us to accomplish your will. And when all of that is said, God, said and done, God, we'll be, it, it will bring honor and glory to you, and we will be grateful for the opportunity to be used by you and to know you. And I pray and I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, We encourage you to take a look again in Ephesians chapter 3, and you can be praying that prayer as well. Uh, That's going to do it for our episode today. Um, We thank you for listening and joining us for the podcast. Um, If you'd like to know what's going on with the church, go to shepnaz.org. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and tell us what you think about this episode, or maybe you've got ideas for us in the future, just email podcast at shepnaz.org. We want to thank you for joining us and for Pastor Joey, for Pastor Rob, I'm Joe. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.